just feel like I need to comment on what's going on on the planet. I know that, um, you know, there's a lot of people speculating what uh, is going to happen with this war in Ukraine and Russia and, and China's kind of threatening, so to speak, about they, they said, I don't know if you read, where they uh, said that no one sh can or should supply weapons into Taiwan uh, because there would be grave consequences. And my first thought was, why would you care if they did? So obviously they have something on the back burner. But this is what I want to bring to your attention is that in the song we just sang is that perfect love cast out, perfect love cast out all fear. So if you are watching too much news and getting into fear, then you, number one, you should shut it off. Number two, you should start meditating upon how much God loves you. Because if you have a revelation of how much God loves you, fear can't stay in your mind, your body. It cannot. So uh, I think this is going to be some of the most exciting times we have ever lived in. I believe that God's going to show, you know, Pharaoh thought he was the one dominating power on the planet. And God made him known to him that not so much. And I believe as far as Russia, China, and North Korea, and all these countries that are trying to make us think, God's going to make himself known that I am the true God. I am the Lord of lords. I am the King of kings. And it's not you that's in charge. Amen? I believe that. So that just causes me not to be have any fear whatsoever because I know that there's something more powerful than some dictator with his foot, but his finger on a button. Amen. If you're new here today, there's interpretation that's quite frequently done with our church, so feel free to chime in. Amen. Today, if you want to follow along, you can go to rmfchurch.org and click on media. And it's entitled, The Word, The Word. Isaiah 16, if you start feeling yourself get into fear, you need to put this scripture on your refrigerator, on your sun visor. Learn it. The scripture in John 16, says this, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, you're going to have tribulations. You're going to have trials. You're going to have people trying to start wars and be in wars. You're going to have distress and frustration. Be of good cheer. Take courage. Be confident, certain, undaunted. Why? Because I've overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you, and I have conquered it for you. Amen, amen, amen. So I know people are praying for Ukraine. Uh, you may not know, if you've been to our church a, a long time ago, there was a young lady who went to church here named Tanya. She was from Ukraine, and she married and moved to Denver. Uh, so she's been in Denver for quite some time. But uh, her mother was quite ill in Ukraine. So she flew over there. Man, it's been several weeks, maybe even a, a couple of months. I'm not for sure how long to try to bring her mother back to the United States. And she's been over there this whole time. And I believe, uh, wasn't it last week that she just got out of Ukraine? Yeah. Into Romania, I believe. So uh, she's in Romania and now waiting on... Uh, legal paperwork and everything to, to be able to fly her mom back to the United States. But um, uh, we just felt impressed. 
I felt impressed to uh, send her $1,000. So we just took that out of the general fund to help her with her expenses because she's not, she has a full-time job. Of course, she's not working. Her husband's working, but, you know, taking on the extra expense of being over there. So we wanted to help her out. So that's part of your giving. Amen. Amen. I just know that um, God is going to make himself known in so many ways, so many avenues. So we believe that. So you believe that. Stay on that side instead of staying on the side of fear. Amen. God is going to just say, people are just like Pharaoh. Did you know when Israel left Pharaoh in Egypt, it wasn't just them. The Bible said there was a mixed multitude. Different nationalities were staying in Egypt, and they, when Israel left, they left with them. Why? Because they knew that they served the true God. The world's going to know that there is a God. Amen. I wanted to do probably this week and next week, uh, talk about the whole book of John in general. The book of John. If you are new to Christianity, If you're new to God, I would suggest to you to read the book of John and to read it several times in a different translation. And uh, you can read in King James, New King James, Amplified, Classic, the Passion Translation. For those who think that the King James is the only correct translation, I'm sorry. I like all translations, and every single translation has a flaw. That's why we have the Holy Ghost to help us in those areas. And uh, because the translators translated some things, and that's why if you really want the pure translation, learn Greek and learn Hebrew and Aramaic. If you want to learn those, then you will get the right translation. But until you learn those, I believe the Holy Ghost can help you and getting that because the word listen to me when you read the word you you don't comprehend we do comprehend it with our mind but that is not the only source when you read the bible you should say lord help me to understand this with my heart because the word of god is speaking to your heart you renew your mind but the word of god needs to be a seed planted in your heart. And once that seed is planted in your heart, just like a tomato, you know, once you plant, Melody has, you know, she's going to have a garden. When she plants a green bead out there, she doesn't have to say, I'm just going to believe for this green bean to come. I hope it doesn't grow a tomato. I'm just going to believe this green bean seed is going. No, if she did that, I would say, we need to talk. (laughs) It produces after its own kind. So if you plant healing, about healing in your heart, it's going to produce healing in your physical body. If you plant prosperity and that God meets all of your needs in an abundant way in your heart, not just your head. A lot of people can do it in their head and quote memory verses, but it needs to be in your heart. And you say, well, how would I know that? You know when it's in your heart because then you believe no matter what. No matter what you're feeling, no matter what your checkbook says, no matter what, you believe it. Now it's in your heart. And when it's in your heart, it will produce. It will produce. 
So the purpose of John, he tells what the purpose is in John chapter 20, verse 31. He said, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. So he's saying, I'm writing this book to prove to you that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. So he says, I'm writing this book to prove that Jesus is Messiah, and not only that he is Messiah, but you are going to have the power of God in your life. He's saying, if you believe what I'm writing to you, this will change your life. It'll change your life. So John emphasizes Jesus as the eternal Son of God. It, uh, it's designed to create faith inside of you. The Father especially chose these miracles, signs, and works of Jesus to be included in this gospel. So things will be stirred up inside of you to know that God is still the miracle-working God. He is. Amen? John wants us to know that Jesus can change your life forever. He's still in the life-changing business. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, we talked about stirring yourself up and awakening last week. Uh, this actually is part of that, but I thought it worked well in this message. It says, I won't hesitate to continually remind you of these truths, even though you are aware of them and are well established in the present measure of truth you have already embraced. And as long as I live, I will continue to awaken you with this reminder, since our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has clearly revealed that my departure is near. Indeed, I am passionate to share these things with you so that you will always remember them after my exodus from this life. So he was saying that, you know what, I'm going to just keep reminding you of these things. Why? Why do we need to be reminded of things in the word of God or what God has said to us? Why do you need to be reminded? It's not just, you know, people think, oh, well, we, we forget so easy. Well, that's true. But Jesus needs to be fresh in our lives. Just like, you know, I think it was symbolic that when God gave manna to the children of Israel, he said, this is, you need to gather it daily. Don't gather it for two days. Don't gather it for three days. Gather it daily. There needs to be a freshness to God. And that freshness is up to you and me. It's not up to God. It's up to you and me. We are the ones that keep the word of God fresh, to keep our relationship fresh, you know, it's kind of like if you got a boyfriend, girlfriend, or if you're married, every once in a while, you need to keep things fresh. One amen, you will get something from your wife, Paul. The others, help us, Jesus. John chapter 1. I'm not kidding. But anyway, uh, John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the... Word and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He's talking about Jesus becoming flesh, becoming human. God Almighty takes on human flesh. It's amazing. God has come as human to reveal. Jesus came. One of the most important things that we, you know, when I was growing up in church, you know, the main thing is I didn't want to go to hell, I want to go to heaven. Not so much even wanting to go to heaven, just not wanting to go to hell. That was the most important thing to me when I was saved when I was seven years old. You know, the pastor got up and he preached about hell, fire, and brimstone. I thought, I don't want to go there. When he gave the invitation, I was the first one up there, seven years old. Nobody had to hold my hand. I'm 
I've been burned before, so I knew how hot fire was. Didn't want to live there. So my whole point is that if that is your basis of your relationship with God, you're off base. Cricket, cricket. The reason Jesus came was not just to take us to heaven. Obviously, that's very highly important. That's extremely important. But if that's all the reason you believe that Jesus came, your life on earth will not be a victorious one. Jesus came to reveal the Father. The Old Testament, they didn't have a clue who the Father God was. Like Tiffany said, you know, that, you know, he's just wrathful, wrath, full of wrath, and he's going to kill you, and he wants to hit you, and he wants to put sickness on you, and he wants to steal all of your joy. And a lot of people think that way about God today. And it is wrong. He is not that. He is a God of love. But why is he a God of love? It's so things can be imparted to you, and so you and I can receive the very life of God right here in Pueblo or wherever you're from, wherever you live, I should say. John chapter 1, John says, talks about seven titles of Jesus. You know there's over 200 names and titles of Jesus in the Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, there's over 200 names for Jesus. But John talks about seven of them. And we, we're going to mention just seven of them. He's called the Word, John chapter 1. These are all the references, if you want to jot them down. He's the light. He's the Son of God. He's the Christ. He's the Lamb of God. He's the King of Israel. He's the Son of Man. All of these are named in chapter 1 alone. Every single one of these are named in chapter 1. And so we're not going to go in detail to all of them, but some of them... Specifically, the first one, that he is the word. He is the word. Divinity took on humanity. God becomes man. I, I still think, you know, we, we can't really wrap our hands around that. That God Almighty became human. He became human. And so the word here in Greek is logos, and it means a speech, a word uttered by a living voice embodies a conception or an idea, what someone has said. I looked it up, and I'm not for sure about the date, but I believe it was 2013. If you've been in our church for, for that long, you may remember that I preached a message called uh, the string theory. The string theory. It's uh, in that it was a message about, uh, and I thought, man, that's been a long time ago. Um, what is inside the the quarks. I read a book. I didn't read it entirely. Melody was, this was years ago, years and years ago. Uh, I was at Barnes and Nobles and I was looking at some books about creation and stuff like that just for curiosity. And I came across this one book. I don't remember the title, so don't ask me, but it was something about what's inside the quarks. Do you know what a quark is? A quark, you know, they discovered that, you know, they thought protons and neutrons and electrons were the smallest particle, particle that has ever been known. And they said, no, there's something inside the protons and neutrons. It's called a quark. A quark. So scientists kept discovering and trying to figure out what is inside the quark. 
and they've come up and theorized that it's called the string theory. And the string theory is inside the cork, and it's, it looks like, they show pictures in this book, it looks like a string, and it vibrates. And what causes the vibration is sound, is frequency, certain frequency. This chair has, it's moving inside it. The string is moving, but it's so micro-microscopic that you, you can't feel it move. But it's moving. And it has a different frequency than what the carpet is made out of. Light is made out of. Everything, even darkness, everything has a different frequency, for, and everything's made up of strings. Are you following me? There, I'm going to show you a two-minute video clip, and he, the first 30 seconds, he tries to be funny. He talks scientifically. That's kind of like with the book I was reading. I read just a couple of chapters of this book and tried to discover, you know, figure things out, but I, it was way over my head. I mean, you would re- it's one of those books you read a sentence, and then you stop and you meditate and go, what did he just say? So we're going to show you this, and this guy, he, he starts out like that. Well, you take a Lagrangian that can describe the motion of a one-dimensional entity through space-time, and you take that two-dimensional Lagrangian and... Within it, there's a field, X, that maps the world sheet of the string into the ambient space-time. And the action that describes this motion is basically the area of the world sheet using the pullback metric from the ambient space-time to the world sheet of the string. And then by using, of course, the standard sum over paths approach to quantum mechanics developed by Richard Feynman, we can work out correlation functions in this two-dimensional field theory. And those, in principle, would be the observables that describe the scattering amplitudes of strings in string theory. How is that? What is stuff made of? You know, what are the basic fundamental ingredients inside of all of the matter that we encounter in the world around us? If you take any piece of matter, say a block of wood, if you cut it in half, cut that remaining piece in half again and keep on cutting ever smaller, we all pretty much know that you get to molecules, and then you get to atoms, which make up molecules, and we also know that the atoms are made of finer constituents, electrons that are in these quantum orbits, these quantum clouds around the nucleus, which itself has particles, protons and neutrons, and inside the protons and neutrons, we found that there are even smaller particles, quarks. String theory comes along and challenges that. It says that those little tiny dot particles that we envisioned as being the basic ingredients, there's something else further inside of them. Look deeply inside an electron, deeply inside a quark. String theory posits, hypothesizes, that you'll see a little tiny string-like filament of vibrating energy, like a string on a violin. This little tiny string can vibrate. And one vibration will say be an electron, a different kind of vibration, a different note, to use the musical analogy, would be an electron, a quark, or a neutrino. So in that way, all the different kinds of particles arise from the different notes that this hypothetical entity called the string can play. Everything, in a sense, is a kind of cosmic symphony. All the particles of the world are just the notes 
that this ingredient, if it exists, we don't know that it does, that this little tiny string can play. Sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1, and God said, and then there was light, and God said, and then there was the land, and God said, and then there was the vegetation. He spoke, and his voice is in every single thing that you can see, feel, taste, or touch. That is amazing. And science is now catching up with him to a degree and saying that it's vibrating. And what is it vibrating? It's a different frequency, and it's saying what God said it would be. What am I saying? God became the word. Words are spoken. You and I have the ability to speak because we are created in the very image of God. Uh, in this book that I read that I can't remember the name, it says, according to, this is a quote by Brian Green. He's a Columbia University physicist educated at Harvard and Oxford. He said this, if an atom were enlarged to the size of our solar system. I try to get a picture of this. We're talking about a microscopic atom. If you can enlarge that and blow it up to the size of our solar system, a string would be as large as a tree on our planet. So that's how small this stuff is. Green goes on to say, just as different vibrational patterns or frequencies of a single cello string create what we hear as different musical notes, the different way that strings vibrate give particles their unique properties, such as mass and charge. For example, the only difference between particles making up you and me and the particles that transmit gravity and other forces is the way that these strings vibrate. You and I have the voice of God in us. It's vibrating inside of you. Your children have the voice of God in them. It's vibrating. Everything that's been created has been created by God. And there is nothing that, has, that you can see that is created that was not created by him. He created all things. And he created it, How? By his voice, by his words, by his words. Proverbs 18.20 says, wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Most of you know that. But do you have a revelation of that? The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. I challenge you just to, you know, I, I, I've done this with my Bible software. You can, you can Google this. You don't even need a Bible software. Uh, tongue or words in the book of Proverbs and see how many scriptures you come up with. How important your tongue, how important your words are. In James, it says the rudder is the smallest part of the ship, but the rudder determines the direction that huge ship will go. You know, I gave you the illustration of the aircraft carrier. I mean, that's like a city. Over 5,000 naval officers and people are on that ship. 
It's like a floating city. And yet the smallest part of that ship is the rudder. And it determines the direction that aircraft carrier is going to go. It's the same with you and me. Your life will be determined by what you say, what you believe about yourself, about your spouse, about your children, about life. And, my, and I know a lot of people, when they hear messages like this, you know, I, I come from the Word of Faith movement, and, you know, they're, they're really big on this. And, uh, but then, that you know, people turn into the Holy Ghost police. You're not the Holy Ghost police. You know, people, you, you know, if you say something wrong one time, you oh, you shouldn't say that. Don't say that. I get that. But just because you're trying to tell them to say that, it's what they believe in their heart. You telling them not to say something is not going to change what they believe in their heart. Out of the abundance of heart, we speak. So by you telling them not to speak, no, the, the issue is the heart, not really what they're speaking. So we have to work on the heart to make sure that we're saying the right things. And the majority of us, including myself, moi, we don't say enough right things. I would concentrate on saying more of the right things than on the negative things. For example, Jesus said this in Luke 10, 19. He says, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all of the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. He said, I have given you authority. I've given you power. We're waiting on God. God's up there going, cricket, cricket, I'm waiting on you. What do you say about this? And most people, we all fall into this. Well, I can't say something that I'm really, I mean, if I got pain in my knee, I'm not going to say I don't have pain in my knee. If something's wrong, I'm not going to say the opposite of it. Well, according to the Bible, Abraham called those things that be not as though they were. And God highly elevated Abraham because of that. What is he saying? You know, if, if you have pain in, in, in your back and somebody asks you, you got pain in your back, you go, no, I don't have any pain in my back. I don't have any pain in my back. Somebody's going to look at him. Mm, kind of looks like you do. Kind of looks like you do. So what do you say in a situation like that? You say this. You know what? I've got all kinds of pain in my back. But there, listen to me. There is a higher truth than the fact of what you're feeling. Get this, there is a higher truth than the fact of what you... Now, you can believe the facts only, and you're going to have to just deal in that realm. But there is a truth, which is the Word of God, that is higher than any fact that you could ever experience on this planet. <laughs> and God was always going against the facts. Walls of Jericho don't just fall down. There is a truth that says when you do what I say, those walls will come down. Now, it's impossible. Walls can't just come down on their own. They just can't do that. Water just doesn't turn into blood. Every grasshopper on the planet doesn't just show up one day in your city by accident. All of the frogs don't come crawling out of their holes and out of the ponds and everything and show up in your bedroom. But that's what happened to Pharaoh. How is that? It doesn't sound uh, scientifically possible. 
And there's so many things that are not. But there is a higher truth. And so thank God that we can renew our mind and start believing and start speaking things that are right. The Bible says this, how can two walk together unless they are one, if, if they're in agreement? You have to be in agreement. So we have to come into agreement with what God says about you. By his stripes you were healed. You were healed. Your body is saying a factual thing. You are having this situation. You're having this problem. You're having this sickness. It's a fact. I'm not, try, I'm not saying, don't be like this. You know, we were in Bible school. Somebody had an accident. One of the students had an accident. The police officer came and said, oh, it looks like we had an accident. Nope, didn't have an accident. Nope, no accident here. No, nope, no fender bender here. And the police officer gone. I don't know to call the paddy wagon or what, man. I mean, you know, no, so you, yes, you did have an accident. Duh. Yes, you do have this pain. Yes, the doctor says you may have cancer. Yes, this is a fact. But you can grab hold of that fact and say that's all there is. And guess what? That's all there will be for you. Or you can say this fact is what they said it is, but I am going to believe what the Word of God says about me. And the word of God says that he took this curse. He took this cancer. He took this back pain. He took this knee pain. He took this sugar diabetes. He took whatever it is, high blood pressure. He took it all, and he nailed it to the cross so that you and I can believe upon a higher truth that will go against the fact. My checkbook. Oh, that's a, oh, man. My checkbook says I, I don't hardly make enough money. That's what my checkbook is. So I can't do anything. I can't do anything because of my checkbook. That is a fact. And your checkbook will speak to you. You can't do anything. You can't afford anything. And it speaks. Your checkbook speaks to you. Your bills will speak to you. You can believe those are all facts. But there is a truth that says that my God provides all of my need according to his riches with glory. There is a truth that says, whatever I put my hand to shall surely prosper. There is so many truths about the wealth in the homes of the righteous who believe God. What truth are you going to believe? What truth are you going to believe? Oh, goodness. So what are you saying? Don't just concentrate on saying the wrong words. I'm afraid to say the right wrong words. No, man. You're all, we're all say, you know, I, our two boys in our house, especially with my wife, she says, but don't say that. Probably on a daily basis. But you know what's more important to me? Don't get me wrong. I agree with my wife. But at the same time, what's more important to me is the right words are you're saying. The right words. You need to say a lot more of the right words about your marriage, about your finances. You know, if somebody, you go to work and you start talking about people, you know. My wife, you know, when we first moved here the first year, she worked at St. Mary Coral when she was an RN. And she said, you know, at nighttime, she worked third shift, night shift. And so all these ladies would get around and they, and they talk about their husbands. Go figure. And she said, they would just be negative and negative and negative. And she goes, well, you know, Mike's a good husband. But she says, night after night after night after night after night, she was tempted to throw in something negative about me. 
I'm sure she had to look really, really hard. <laughs> that was not the time to laugh. Holy cow. It's like, <laughs> did somebody put up a sign like they do on TV? Laugh now. Laugh now. Anyway, I do have flaws. But thankfully, she just caught herself and said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to speak the negative things that everybody's speaking about their husband. We're all tempted to do that. We're all tempted to do that. Why? Because you know the flaws of your spouse. <laughs> you know, the list may go from here to Oklahoma City, but I mean, you, you know there's lots of flaws. And you can speak those flaws out of your mouth and it become bigger. Or you can speak what God sees in your spouse. Mm, they're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's my son. That's my daughter. Be careful how you talk about my son. You know, as a pastor, there's one thing that I've learned. You just don't talk too negatively about people's kids, even if they're just like sons of Satan almost. You know what I mean? You just don't. That was a joke, okay? It was a joke. But uh, I've gotten in trouble when I was young at pastoring. Um, I've, I've learned. Let's just put it that way. I've learned, you know? So you just know the parents and their children, you know, daddies and their daughters and mamas and their sons. You just don't. They can talk really bad about them, and they can criticize them, but not you. I just thought, well, if they're chiming in. I'll chime in with them, you know, and... and doesn't work like that. So you just, why? It's because that's my son. That's my daughter. I believe God's like that. I believe God's like that. That's my daughter you're talking about. The one that you're married to, that's my daughter. I don't know about you, but, you know, somebody starts talking bad about my daughter, I'm going to say, take the pastor head off. <laughs> you're going to mess with a boy from Kentucky now. You know, you, it's my daughter. That's my son. You don't, you, no, 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 no. Yeah, but they're not perfect. Of course they're not perfect. But that's not for you to criticize or judge. Hmm. Hmm. I believe God has the same attitude about us. About us. I believe that. And so I believe we need to speak good things over our finances. Quit. Don't just say, oh, I can't afford anything. I can't afford anything. You know, Dad Hagemeyer told me this. This was years ago. He's been paying $5 a gallon for gas for decades in Africa. And this is what he said one time. They said, you know, price, this was years ago. He said price of gas was going up. <laughs> it was not going up compared to what it is today. But anyway, he, it keeps going up and keeps going up. And he says, this is what I know, Mike. No matter how high gas gets, God will provide enough money for me to put gas in my tank. So well, that just takes the fear out, doesn't it? It just takes the negativity out. Gas is $10 a gallon. Woo, I'm so glad I got $10 to put in my tank. You do. You got to believe that and speak that. I will always have sufficient funds to put gas in my vehicle. That may be better than I will always have sufficient funds to make my house payment. Gas may be a little bit more. I mean, <laughs> oh, it's not funny, but. It's funny. I don't know. But you got to speak things, good things that my God's going to provide for me. 
I'm blessed coming in and going out. I am pro- I'm not just barely making it. I am prospering. You got to believe that and you got to speak that. Speak that. There are three things. Finances, health, and relationships. Those are the three things that are critical to all mankind. And we're so negative about all three of those areas. We need to flip that around. Get the word of God. Put that seed in your heart that talks about finances. Put the seed that talks about healing. Put the seed about your relationships. Put that in your heart and you will see a difference in your life. Meditate on it. Don't just put it in there. Okay. You know what, Pastor? I did that back in 1999. I did. I put that in. Really? It's like saying, I had a steak back in 1999, so I don't need another steak. You wouldn't think that way. You shouldn't think that way. Don't think that way. Let's put the word of God in us. Why? It's the same. Jesus and the word are the same. Don't think of it as just a word. You're putting Jesus in what comes with Jesus in that seed is the ability to create anything and everything that you need. It will. The seed, the word of God planted in your heart will change your life. It'll change circumstances. It'll change circumstances for you. Let me just read a couple. Of, I'm way past my time. I just want to read a couple because I've got pages of just about the tongue and words. But one of my favorites is Proverbs 4.20. I didn't give it to them. 20 through 24, this is the NIV. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. Keep the word within your heart, for they are life to those that find them. They are health to a man's whole body. Whole to your whole body. The word of God is medicine to your body. It's medicine. It's medicine. You can't OD on this. Medicine. Health to your whole body. Above all else. Above everything else that you and I are supposed to do. Guard your heart. Why? Because that's where the words are. That's where your thoughts and things get planted inside of you. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Man, let's get a hold of this. Let's get the word in us. And if you don't know what the word says about prosperity, then start getting into the word. You can go to our website. There's words on, on our words. There's scriptures that we have for that. Start getting those and build them into your life. Because you are going to need... Money, you know, people don't want to talk about, oh, churches talk about money. Jesus talked more about money than he did prayer. Why? Because he knew we'd have more problems with money than we do prayer. We need money as long as you're on this planet, you're going to need money. God provides all of our needs, so obviously he's interested in you and I receiving and getting money. He knew we'd have problems, sickness and new diseases coming out. God wasn't up in heaven going, oh, my goodness, COVID. I didn't know that one was coming. Of course he did. But God, listen to me, has always provided a cure before the problem ever showed up. He's always provided the answer 
before the problem is showing up. Every problem you and I will ever face, the answer has already been recorded in the word of God and taken care of. Before it ever comes on the scene. Before it ever comes on the scene. Amen. You got a bunch of strings inside of you. And they're vibrating. And this is the thing about, I taught back in 2013, I think it was. Those strings respond to voices. That's why Jesus could speak to the fig tree. This is so good. Jesus can speak to the fig tree because it's got his DNA of voice inside the fig tree. And so he can speak to the fig tree and it obeyed him. He spoke to the wind. Why? The wind has strings in it vibrating from his heavenly father which spoke it into existence. So those strings will hear voices because that's what they came from. Your body can hear the voices. Fever can hear your voice. Cancer can hear your voice. High blood pressure can hear your voice. But this is the thing. A lot of people say, well, I spoke to it and it didn't happen. Well, you spoke to it from your mind. I can tell you that 100%. Spoke to it from your brain. Because if you spoke to it from your heart, it shall obey you. So what do you do? This is what I tell my kids. This is what I do. I speak to it till I'm blue in my face because I am everything that I speak, I hear. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. So the more that I speak, even though I'm, it's not pumping on all eight cylinders, I know eventually faith is going to rise inside of me and I'm going to speak because, oh, man, I know it's true now. I believe it's true. And you speak it and it happens. Don't say it doesn't work. Because you know what? If you believe that, you won't ever speak to anything. You won't ever speak to anything. Start speaking to stuff. Speak to your kids. I mean, in prayer. I speak to my kids all the time. They don't even know it. I speak to my wife. She doesn't know it. I speak to my body. It knows it. I speak to my body every... You know, I try to regularly every time we pray over our food, you know, I said, and I thank you that our bodies function right in Jesus' name. I try to end the prayer with that. Why? I want my body to know that Luke 10, 19, Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents, swarms, and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm you. You understand that body? Just think about it. I have authority over my body. I have power over my body. I have authority over my finances. I have power over my finances. Money comes to me. Money comes to me. You go, well, I just don't believe that. Whatever you believe. Whatever you believe. I said, whatever you believe. I said, whatever you believe. It comes. It comes. It's truth whether you're not. You know, if some, you, somebody says, I don't believe in gravity. That's fine. You can believe in that. But one day if you jump off a building, truth is going to be revealed to you. Some people are not going to receive truth until they get to heaven. Some people will not receive truth about healing until they get to heaven. Some people will not receive truth about finances until they get to heaven. Some people will not believe truth about the authority and the power that has been inside of them ever since they've been born again. 
Revelation speak to him. Behold, everything has been deposited on the side that God will do exceedingly, abundantly. People think that. They stop right there. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And they stop right there. So they're waiting for God. But they didn't read the whole scripture. He will do exceedingly abundantly according to the power that is in you. It's in you. The power is not up in heaven. It's not just in the pastor. It's not just up to me. It's not just up to your spouse. It's up to you what you believe in your heart. If you believe that you have the power of God inside of you, the same words that Jesus spoke will be the same results when you speak. You will have the same results that Jesus had. That's the whole goal. Jesus came to to show that you can do this. He came as a man. 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 He spoke. He said, behold, what I do shall you do also. And even greater things. People go, I know. You don't believe that. Just start meditating. Man, Jesus lives in me. So Mike, I say this to Mike all the time. Mike, are you listening? I'm listening. You should talk to yourself more often. Mike, are you listening? I'm listening. Jesus is inside of you. So therefore, Mike, it's not you speaking anymore. When you speak the word of God, it's Jesus speaking the word of God. Woo! I could just keep going, man. I'm telling you. It fires me up to know that Christ in me, the hope of glory. It fires me up. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. He that is joined to the Lord, he that is born again, is one spirit. So it's not Mike talking anymore. It's Jesus talking. You got to believe that. And if you believe that, you will see people healed. You'll see relationships healed. You'll see lives change for the glory of God. For his glory. He wants to make himself known. Why? That the people may know there is a God. His name is Jesus. There is a God. There is somebody more powerful than anybody. Father, we pray. Thank you. Thank you for miraculous things happening in the Ukraine. Thank you for miraculous things happening all over the world. That you are showing up. People have have cried out to you. and, And where is God? God, you are making yourself known on this planet. And you will continually do it in a greater way than we've ever seen before. In our lifetime, people will say, I've never seen that in my whole life. I've never even read about this. I've never seen or known anything about this. This is God. We believe it, Father, in Jesus' name. We believe this world will see the glory, the goodness of Almighty God like we've never seen. People said, boy, I've read about it there. I've read about it here. But it shall be seen in our lifetime. It shall be seen in our lifetime, the glory of God, the goodness of God. It shall be seen in our lifetime. People will write about it. People will talk about it. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. We believe that, God. To God be the glory in Jesus' name. I pray for all of us, Lord. Let this message just be planted in our heart. For some of us, it's, it's a reminder. For others, it may be the first time. But whatever it is, let it be an awakening thing inside of us, the gospel, the word of God to come alive. 
we truly believe your word. We truly believe your power is in us.